your perspective on this a bit because I feel like the issue of people not really being able to you know link up and, and marry or whatever that that problem is more of a problem on the coast in the big cities I feel like in a small town people still have a bit of that uh understanding that you know linking up with somebody who's more on your level makes more sense but I'm guessing that you're also sort of seeing that mentality seep into the smaller yeah, areas yeah, see I'm from Oklahoma City and I was so that's middle America the Bible Belt and I was raised in the church, mm -hmm. baptized at five. Uh, then we went from Baptist to Christian, Church of God Christ. That's some of the most fundamentalist, fire and brimstone. So that informs a part of that. Then I also come from a blue collar factory family. Family was domestics that, you know, salt of the earth, you know, people. But from there, I moved to Texas. I moved to Houston, Dallas, then to New York City. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the big city. And, the, you know, I start to see an entirely different dating scenario. Bigger city, more options, more money. Uh, but what I'm starting to realize is when I get back to Oklahoma, they're even having these issues. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm like, why is this creeping into the middle of America? Why do you have women in Tulsa? I have women, I, this last week I had a woman in Little Rock. Little Rock. Come on, no, no disrespect to Mississippi. they're on Instagram just like everybody exactly. else, so they end up taking on a lot of the same ideas, right? Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, states are statistically usually at the bottom for a lot of categories. And I'm like, ma'am, you're in Little Rock, and you're in your mid-30s, and, and you want a man making 150. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like eight guys. Right, especially there, making that much money is damn near impossible. So, and, and, I, and, and I use a lot of facts, a lot of data, a lot of statistics, and I have a mathematical mind so I can actually take that stuff and inject it into a conversation and make it make sense. Like I did I had an example one day where I said, you're roughly looking for less than, you got 7.5 million women looking for roughly less than 200,000 men. And that's just in our community. They're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Um, and what it does is it's starting to really crystallize. Do you really want that? Or do you just want to be safe? And that's what I find most women want. They they think safety and security is coming in money. And what it really comes in is having that something that's unique between one man and one woman. There will always be an understanding in a relationship that no one else will understand, but those two will. And it works for them. And that's why you get the 50 years. Mm. But we don't get that anymore. We're, we're still trying to get these things and hoping that makes us last longer. No, it just makes you look better on the way to breaking up. Mm. I hear that. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because sometimes it feels like within hip hop or you know black entertainment or whatever that a lot of times they want the media perhaps wants the liberal attitude, the leftist attitude to be sort of the default attitude. Mm -hmm. but then I think more often than not, 
it seems like it's so many more along your lines it really is kind of the center of the conversation like the average person watching this kind of content probably falls in line a lot closer with your way of viewing the world versus the sort of myth that has mm -hmm. been spun about everybody in that community mm -hmm. wanting to hear sort of like woke propaganda all the time right. and then somebody like you comes out and all of a sudden you get a huge fan base <laughs> seemingly <laughs> overnight and it kind of is it's it, crazy right yeah and i mean I, what do you think of that do you think that well, like what, what i did is you know i i did a lot of a lot of work and research and polling and stuff behind the scenes I kept asking myself why is it that in the black community we can't seem to make families like we used to we used to be married at a rate of 80% in the height of segregation and Jim Crow and the, you know the worst parts of the racial Bible we were married at a rate of 80% we had churches and families and communities and all this other stuff but now we, we our numbers we're like the tip of the spear we can't seem to get it together What's going on? And we were saying, well, it's the it's the marital structure and the family court. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Other folks are doing this. Why can't we send it to us? I ask a lot of questions. I mean, one thing that used to keep coming up is this whole high value man thing, high value man. So what I did is I said, all right, what does that mean? I went and defined it because it can't just be money. And I said, what men across time, across any region, across any country, any system of government, have separated themselves from other men and what are the characteristics they share. And I defined it by you know making a certain amount of money over a certain length of time, being accepted or acknowledged as a high value man by other high value men or having the potential to be in the group, because it's like a little fraternity of guys, having a network of high value men and other people, uh, and then being useful to others and the group. So guys like that are always in demand, whether or not they're 100,000 or 100, or 100 million. And I said, all right, well, and if women tend to say they wanted a man, they wanted this, they wanted these things, because the money is cool, but if it's in Anchorage, Alaska, it ain't doing you any good because you can't be seen doing these mm -hmm. things. If you have no connections, you can't have you know, influence over other women. And that was what really was the catalyst when I started defining it in that term and asking ladies, well, what do you want? And they were saying they want this. I'm like, all right. Well, you do realize that's rare, right? And you can't be this at 30 years old, typically, because who makes that kind of money over a three to five year time frame and all these other criteria? That's what really started doing it. And one thing I also did is I said, all right, no disrespect to my friends in athletics, entertainment, or music. Uh, but their money comes differently. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about a business class, so I, I don't, because I often get, well, are, are rappers and actors and are they high value? I'm like, they make a lot of money, but high value is this. So now we start talking about men who make this, and they do tend to lean more traditional. They want more traditional outcomes. They want, okay, they want to, there's a, you're going to have to be married and bring your wife to the company Christmas party or you want somebody who's going to be able to, you know, raise your children, right? When you're out on the road driving that truck for, you know, four days a week. Uh, and it's not the liberal, quote unquote, narrative. It's much more of a, you know, because the black community has always been much more traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're just having a conversation saying, how do we get what we want? And it's through... The, if you want to have a community or anything else like that, it starts with the fundamental building block. It's the family. So I don't judge what people want. I just say, what do you want and how do you get there? And more people say they want 
that than anything else. And I focus on that. I don't focus on the, the 10, 20% of men or women who say, I don't want that. I want some different kind of range. I'm like, cool, that's over here. And I keep my, I keep it very tight and very focused. So if you watch my show, I have asked the same questions and the same reason to get to the same place to see, are you playing here? Are you playing there? And more often than not, we're starting to see more people do want these kind of things. Uh, but are you willing to do what it takes to get what you want? Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. And, and, and two, like, I like what you say about women rather be a baby mama before a, a wife yeah. now. And I said, you know, that's really part of the problem as well, too, is, you know, you can get sex and, you know, have a baby with a woman and she's not going to prioritize getting married. It's like it went in reverse. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It'd be, a, I feel like it'd be a lot more successful couples if somebody dealt with somebody and they demanded that they get married first and then mm-hmm. have children and then do that. And it's like, it's the, I got two kids and two, you know, I got two baby mamas. It's just. Well, coming from the church, you know, if you had, if you were in the 60s and you got pregnant, they would send you from Oklahoma up to Chicago and all of a sudden <laughs> you came back with a sister. But now I see the same women going into the church, coming in with two kids by two different men, pregnant with another, but they sit on the front pew right here and the pastor shouting them out. I'm like, we've taken out, we've taken away consequence. Mm-hmm. We've taken away judgment. And also men have left the church because they're like, uh, this is not right. So you have women being fed what they want to hear to keep them buying books, paying tithes and all this other kind of stuff. But the men aren't in these places because the men say, I don't want this. You can do that. You want to have children. That's fine. But I don't want to pay for another guy's kids. And now the women who find themselves in that position are like, well, wait a minute. This is cool three years ago. No, I really wasn't. Guys just couldn't say anything because if you were in a position to have a platform to say something, you'd be deplatformed. Mm-hmm. Um, this has only been something that's been all right to talk about in the last under 12 months. Right. So make hay while you can, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's the reality and more women are starting to realize that if you do have kids, okay, understand. What that effectively does is it reduces your overall marketplace value. And don't get mad at the market, just adjust. Just adjust accordingly. It's not a death sentence to say if you have kids, but it does mean that it's a different mating calculus. And women have this mating calculus too. If you don't make a certain amount of money, if you're not a certain race, height, uh, look, junk size, I mean, a car, y'all like y'all, y'all have a calculus. Ask a woman what, ask a typical woman what she wants in a man, she'll write war and peace. Ask her what she's going to bring to the table, it doesn't even fit on the back of a stand. There's a problem there. There's a problem there. There was a video that went viral on uh, somebody's podcast or show, and I can't remember the actual name of it, but he brings up, he asked the, the co-host, the woman on the show, he asked her, like, could you date a guy who was making, I forget what the number was, like 150 grand a year, and she goes, Pfft. Maybe if you're selling drugs on the side or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was disturbed. I'm like, that is the worst thing. And she said it like she wasn't joking, which really pissed me off. Did she have a short haircut? I think so, yeah. I, I want fast money. I need that fast money. Right. And I'm, you want a guy who's going to be risking 20 years in jail for trafficking cocaine? You think that's cute? And, and that's the thing, too. Like, coming from where I come from, like, guys will take penitentiary chances every single day Bro. to impress other women. Bro, you know what I mean? Just... I know guys who had good chemical engineering jobs who were uh, trafficking narcotics. I'm like, you got a master's in chemical engineering, but you decided to be an H dealer? <laughs> Why? Because of the clout. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, all right, bro, this is nuts. So when you hear women saying that, I don't want no, th and that's what really pissed me off. When I started hearing, and I don't want to mention any other content creators, when I heard women saying, I don't want no nine to five guy. Mm -hmm. I need a guy who has an entrepreneurial mindset to match my flow. And I'm like, you just gonna shit on every man that works? Right. I got a real freaking problem with that. Yeah, I sit in the air conditioned office and make deals, but I come from salt to the earth, hard working mother effing people, and you just, no, no. You ain't good enough, right. And, and because at some point, that will be me. Because it keeps going. Where does it stop? Mm. And no one could tell these ladies that you're saying, I want a man, and she has, would you like a man to work at a bank? Yeah, but you know, and whatever. And maybe if he was hustling, do a little fraud or something. But okay, let's just say he did all that. He did all that to get you. Then when he goes, when he goes away, and get his good fella sentence, you gonna stay down? Bang bang. You gone. Bang you bang. Gone. You are gone. She's out of here. You, not not even not gonna wait stay, a week. You ain't gonna stay, Lord. You ain't gonna stay down a wee bang. Mm -mm. Uh -uh, you gonna be gone. It's a wild reference, by the way. <laughs> Classic oh, show, yeah. classic show. I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible. Like, I, I and you, you gotta wonder where this sort of mentality came from, or where the idea that having a nine to five was a bad thing, that working was a bad thing, is just this really sort of disturbed mentality. Like, yes, it would be nice, you know, like, of course, a lot of women would like to, go, to date a guy who owns his own business, sure, but they're not discounting there is how great it is to be able to go home at the end of your nine to five and not have to be thinking about the business 24 seven like I am yes. not to mention that having a nine to five is you know like I, I look at AD like we brought him on he starts doing podcasts with us it's helping every other area of his business mm -hmm. at some point maybe he could start a, a completely separate business from what he's been able to accomplish on here and nine to five is nothing but an opportunity to help you get to the next level see one of the things that's gonna piss me off is because Men are much more numerous. We have to get into the numbers. We're cost-benefit calculators. If I go over there to take down that world, the water buffalo, he's big. I may get him, but if he hits me with that tusk, I'm out or I break something, I'm dead. <laughs> There's a rabbit. There's not as much meat on there, but that rabbit ain't going to take me out. I'm a little tired. I'm going to fuck with the rabbit. <laughs> I'm going to snack on your ass, and then I'm going to come and get your ass in a minute when I get my boys. <laughs> We laugh because we understand because if so I do that go. right now, I'm gone because I, there's no one coming to get my back. Men have to run these numbers. So what I find is women often say, I just want the water buffalo. Go get it. Wait a minute. Do you not understand that's a, that, that's a different risk? And so I want it. Right. And I, I mean, and I've had water buffalo before. You some kind of punk. Why can't you get water buffalo? Put us see. It's like, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. You were eating berries at your house. I can bring you rabbit, which is better than berries. Rabbits and berries may be pretty good. Tricks is for kids. But this motherfucker, you want me, <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go get this? <laughs> uh, and you want me to go get this? You want me to go get this thing? Why? To prove to you what? And when I do that, and if I miss, are you going to help me back to help nurse me back to health? No. Mm. You're going to eat them berries and go find somebody else to go, you know. And that's what they tell these men. I'm like, what are you telling the guy? You want to do fraud to do what? To get you $50,000 to do what? Just because I need it. For what? Mm. But it's because you've had this, you know, and I hate to use hip-hop and that stuff as a as a culprit because we came to lie from hip-hop. Um, but, you know, there has been a market change from the message to the watches and the cars mm. and this and that. But... Average people used to understand not everybody got a AP watch. 
That's a house. Mm -hmm. You were good with your Seiko 105. That's $300. G-Shock. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and you were good with that. You didn't think because I didn't have this, I'm less than a man because I don't have this watch. No, you're still a man. And men understand that I don't look down on you because you, I got a Rolex, you got a G-Shock. But when women start making the distinction saying you're a better man because you have this, then you start... Because men will do what it takes to get women. But now men are starting to reject that saying, look, I'm done. If this is what it takes, if the only man you're dealing with is over here, and then even those guys, uh, what, what, was the, what was the actor's name? Uh, getting Johnny Depp. Mm. You know, you're, even those guys. You, know, you got guys who are, are supposed to be apex, alpha male, got everything else, and they're getting left. Why can't they keep them? And guys are saying, you know what? No mas, I'm done. That's never happened before. Where guys have chosen to just say, no, the game's rigged. I'm going to just put the ball down and I'm going to go here. Now, you have an abundance of adult entertainment online now. Uh, you got, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> you got adult, I mean, yeah. I used to, I used to keep the, I used to keep the fat porn collection. So you got, a, you got, a, you got He's in porn. He's in porn. He's super explicit. <laughs> hey, man, we made a lot of money on OnlyFans, my friends. See, and the thing is, you have more access. And here's the thing: back in the day, it used to be kind of taboo for guys to go to uh, escorts, and I, I'm openly promoted. I've taken an escort to a company function. Really? It, it helped my fucking career. Wow. I went to a company function. Unless somebody else there recognizes it. Hey. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what did it, bro. Oh, okay. I went to a company function. I hired one of the top escorts in, in Dallas to go to a company function with me. Because you don't want to go to these things alone. And I had heard that um, this is a good idea. So I hired her. Like, I like pretty woman stuff. And I was not rich. And I took her and I'm in, I, I'm in the company, where, in the executive washroom. Because that they had the functions. All the bathrooms open. So us normal little peons could use that. So I was like, well, sure, I'm going to go in there. A guy comes out of the stall, and all he says is, walks by, washes his hands. That Kelly's an incredible girl. <laughs> and he walks on out, and I'm like, Her? He was the VP of marketing. Right. Three weeks later, I get a call, a call. Mr. Johnson would like to see you in his office. And I'm sitting up there, Mr. Johnson, we're just talking about the weather and cowboys and this and that. Nothing at all. Nothing. It was like banal water cooler talk. About three weeks or four weeks later, I started getting premium accounts handed my way, more opportunities. My managers started talking to me completely different. I started getting invited over to the, the you know, come over to the house for dinner. I didn't know I had an advocate. And it turns out about three to six months later, I was, I got into the management program and what ended up happening is I went and I played golf with these guys in the scramble and he's there. And I asked him, I was like, are you like my secret benefactor or something? <laughs> he's like, he was a regular of the girl that I took there. He's like, anybody who had enough sense to bring her is somebody I need to keep my eye on mm. because she is one of the most discreet people. He's been seeing her for years. And he's like, I know how much she costs, so that tells me you're not stupid. And uh -huh. she's not, he's like, I just need to see who you are. And he's like, I've, and I've done my research on you, done my work on you. And he was like a real life benefactor. So 
um, what it taught me was there's a different level of power moves and we have stigmatized that stuff to where you shouldn't do that but hell if it opens a door it opens a door now nowadays you know escorts porn that kind of stuff is nobody bats an eye on it anymore yeah, so yeah. now sex now women don't have the monopoly and lockdown on it like they used to. I give you something, you take out the trash. No, I'll just go go to Eros, in call three hundred dollars, out call four. Okay, I just okay. Right. And I'm out. Why do I gotta wind and dine and court you just for you possibly to give me some starfish sex? Mm-hmm. I just I just break you off this four. I, I'm good. Cash out. That's what they call it nowadays. Right. And I'm realistic <laughs> about it. I'm realistic about it. I even and see as an image consultant and a date and a dating expert or whatever I'm called now. You're not supposed to talk about this. I'm like, this is real. This is real life. Uh-huh. When I was in corporate sales, I did not play golf well. So I'm like, most guys did business on the golf course. I did my business in the strip clubs. Mm. Monday through Saturday, I was in the strip clubs. I, I'm the guy that the premium strip club, I was in so good with them. I got VIP on Valentine's, New Year's, and Halloween. Uh-huh. They're like, you have the NFL and NBA players trying to get in. No, we can't go in. It's for so and so, and that puts you in an entirely different world of power. I'm not floating around saying how all these people move and just taking notes, but I'm still just a just one of these guys. I'm just being able to be in places and use that, and try to give guys this fundamental knowledge that look, man, they're no different than us. They just make different choices. So you seem like you had a real hunger for figuring the game out and and networking your way into the position that you wanted to be in the long run and really sort of understanding the entirety of how rich and powerful people move and you were willing to put in the time and the sacrifice. When I would go to the men's club in Dallas, uh, men's club in the lodge, when I'm going in there seeing guys that I normally couldn't talk to, I actually, I'll tell you a secret, tell you a story. Um, When I saw how much business was being done in these places, if, let's say I'm trying to do business with you, and you, we get to a point you're like, you're not returning my phone calls or whatever. We're done. The sales dead. I actually knew girls that work the lunchtime. They tend to be the hustlers. They tend to be the ones that are about their business because the shifts are shorter. Mm. And I'm like, all right, come with me. I know we're not gonna. You don't want to do business, but come. Let's go to the lodge. They got a great. They got a great lunch. Prime rib. All that stuff. Some fun. Who's gonna turn that down? Mm. Free, free, free TNA plus prime rib and, and crab. So we're sitting there, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, here comes Darian, and Darian's like, oh, this is your friend? Any friend of Kevin is a friend of mine, and she rubs your head, and I love him. <laughs> Kevin's a wonderful guy, such and so forth. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you sign a contract. Wow. No sex, no nothing, all above board, and I gave her 10% of the contract face value, straight wow. up. And it got around to the dancers. It's like, if you work with Kevin, and you close business, you get money. So um, I found out that I started closing more business in these places because everybody's on the golf course, everybody's over here, but what man doesn't want to be around beautiful women? Mm. How do you avoid getting lost in the sauce during times like that in your <laughs> life? Like, how do you not, I, I well, see my friend AD, he, he might be networking at the club a little bit, but he's also having a few too many cocktails and, uh, <laughs> you know, whatnot. Well, and, that, and see, you can, and that's the thing. Well, first off, you know, when you get to really understand that world, it's a fast world. Mm. You know, those girls get the best of all candy and they get the best of all offers. Um, don't partake. Right. Don't partake. And uh, <coughs> I would say don't shit where you eat, but there's too many hot pieces. I asked not to do that. <laughs> um, but, you, but, but you got to be, you just got to pick your shots, man. Um, right. 
I only deal with people who have something to lose. Mm. I don't care how hot you are. So, like, some of the women there would be smoking, but I'm looking for women who own property or who are really dancing. They're not screwing every client because when it goes left, as it always will, mm -hmm. you don't find yourself. This is prior to social media explosion, too. So, um, keep it business. Keep it business because, look, man, it's the oldest profession in the book for a reason and I just accept see I'm a realist I accept we are human animals and there and if as long as it's legal I'm good and what happens between two consenting adults in my presence at, at the end of the day what never happened was somebody I did business with whether they signed the contract here or at my in my office it always worked for them it helped them achieve the goals they want to do it improved their bottom line Never was somebody, man, I wish I hadn't done this, man. No, it was a good outcome. So the means may vary, but you got a good deal, I got a good deal, everybody wins. Mm. Some people would say, well, that's immoral. Okay. Um, a lot of times <laughs> when I see you talking to women, then you kind of corner them into realizing how deluded they are. Then they try to switch it up on you and say, well, are you married? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I noticed that you did come in here today with a woman who seemingly is a high-value woman. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> and you are out of town. Um, what about your own personal relationship well, mentality at this point? Well, whenever that happens, it's what I call sign language. Shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. Right. That's the typical playbook from many women when they get cornered shame insults guilt and the need to be right so that's a deflection mm. well are you married no i've been married twice well i can't take advice from a divorce man uh, okay so what you're telling me is if i've been married 30 years to one woman you listen to me then mm. no because all you know is one woman what you're really saying is you don't like what i'm saying and any old excuse will do now for me i've actually been over singles ministries and churches that i've been in i don't I talk like somebody who has a lot of experience because I do. And and I ask the ultimate question, how does my being married or divorced change your life? Mm. It's two plus two, four. And that's really what the problem is because that's people not wanting to deal with the argument. they wanting to deal with the person, an ad hominem attack. And if you've ever taken debate before, the first person to go personal in a, an actual debate Lose. loses. Mm -hmm. So coming from a sales background and, a, and I've always had an interest in philosophy and debate, it's a debate tactic. So you learn how to stay cool and calm under questioning and fire and understand when they, they hit you with their biggest punch, that's it. Mm. Then they're going to hit the big bomb, they're going to hit you with it and you just answer it directly, yeah. Um, my thing is this, as far as personal life, some people want to be married. Some people want... Uh, open relationships. Some people uh, want just to do their thing. You know, I have a friend who's a self-proclaimed hedonist. He never wants to marry and have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't judge I don't judge a person's outcome. I don't judge what they want. I just say, okay, what do you want? What do the kind of people you want want? And then what are you willing to do to get it? Those are the only three things. What do you want? What are the kind of people you want want? And what are you willing to do to get it? Mm -hmm. And if you know what you want, if you don't know what the people you want want, and you don't you're not gonna get it if you know what the people you want want and you're not willing to do to get it you're not going to get it <laughs> mm. so knowing what you want is the easy part 
these two and this is where the friction tends to come in because either they don't know or they're not willing to do to get it like let's be honest most women know that uh, men don't want women that weigh more than they do mm. so when I say hey you know dress size this or that oh how can he do that he judges such and so forth I'm like uh, Miss America Miss Universe cover a con- I mean before before Tess Holiday but anyway we, we understand that there's a there's beauty is subjective there's an objective standard too and I just don't act like these things don't matter because you couldn't put what was the dude on Howard's Beetlejuice on the cover of uh, <laughs> GQ calling him the sexiest man of the year right. that would not work we would chuckle but we try to feed that crap to men and I'm saying men don't want to eat that mm. definitely do you, do you worry that you in terms of your future, you could be a victim of the same issue that we frequently are describing on your show where you're all of a sudden reaching a different level in your career. You have more and more women reaching out to you. How are you going to eventually settle on one if you're constantly being inundated by more and more women reaching out to you who are of more and more higher value by the day? Yeah, um, here's, the thing. Have, See, here's the thing. Uh, I've already been through my whole phase. Mm. Um, I, I don't have a bucket list anymore. Um, there's always going to be a hotter, sexier woman, you know, that's cool, but I would rather have somebody that I have, that I could be myself with, they understand who I am, and they can match my irregular flow and let me do what I do, that has a value to itself. That ultimately comes a relationship between one man and one woman, to where they understand each other, to where that's more valuable than money, status, power, or hotter TNA or new vagina. Mm. You know what I never expected, but I really realized in recent months or years is that there's no be- better turn on than being in business with your girl and yeah. making money together and actually doing something for yourself together. I, I went my whole life having no idea what that would have felt like, and then in recent years of really kind of now you have a real partnership. You know, and once you can actually be building something together, not to mention the kid, because then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got like this this costly unpaid business that you're starting together yeah. that is uh, immensely rewarding. Right. I mean, that'll really join you together and get you thinking on the same wavelength you know see one of the questions i asked early 2020 is i asked the question to a black male audience i said what do my non-black uh middle class upper middle class and lower upper class men know and understand about marriage in today's environment they marry divorce and remarry what do they know and understand about the institution of marriage the middle class and uh, lower upper lower upper class black men don't because the marital rates are so different. And one thing I noticed in corporate America is, as a young black professional, young young black uh, young black women, summertime, my counterparts were all going. All the white women were going to weddings, being mm-hmm. bridesmaids, and we were all going to the club. Right. So it was like everybody else was getting married, but then you realize that you can work hard, you can be good. But there's a there's a level at which everybody upstream is married or has been married. Mm. There's a marriage cap because um, men being successful. I mean, think about it. It's it's hard to sit in a room full of married ex- successful men who talk about wife, family, this and that. And you're a single guy. You have a different motivation, a different calculus, and being on both sides of it. I understand it, and I speak to that and because if you look at our divorce rate, that's fifty plus percent right the divorce rate drops to about 20 percent uh, above a household income of two hundred fifty thousand dollars wow 
the more money, more people stay together, stay together because it's more than just sex. Mm -hmm. It's about legacy. And the best, your best assistant is your, your spouse. Whether they're directly involved in the business or whether, like many high value men, their wives will come work for the business. She'll be the office manager. You know, she'll do all the details like, I hate details. Mm -hmm. So my, my next ex-wife is a joke, but my next, she would be good at doing all that stuff for me because that means if we don't have to outsource it, that's one less payroll headcount that I have. That's more money back to the family to be invested back into the business. Mm -hmm versus continuing to hire employees, such and so forth. And that's what I noticed when I started really studying success, that you look at millionaires and billionaires and you rarely see lifelong bachelors. Mm. They're usually married. And I'm like, well, and people used to say, well, man, marriage is a bad deal. And you know, Jeff Bezos, I'm like, Jeff Bezos ain't saying that shit. Jeff Bezos, yeah, he lost half his money, but guess what, he doubled his money after the pandemic. He ain't sweating it. And that's one thing that I noticed that the men who had the money for the most part, weren't complaining losing half the stuff. It was the men who were projecting their middle-class sensibilities onto rich people. I'm like, you can't do that. That's a different calculus. Yeah. And when you're up there, you need somebody that you can trust. Because the person who's most likely to do you in is the person that's sleeping next to you. Nice. So if you study men of power, uh, there was a show on HBO. It only ran for a couple of years. Marco Polo, the character who played Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan, if you know anything about Genghis Khan, one in six of us carry his DNA. Mm. He got it in. All right, but Kublai Khan, Kublai Khan was his grandson. And the guy who played um, opposite of Doctor Strange, or the, the, the Asian character, he played Kublai Khan. Study him, his consorts, but study his number one wife. Mm. That woman right there is the kind of woman that high value men would kill for because her main motivation was making sure that he was great. Mm -hmm. And his greatness benefited her. Right. And, in, right. and by extension benefited his son, and by extension benefited the entire Mongol nation. Right. It's always been that way with us. Definitely. Do you, um, it feels, how do you personally, how, how much? I'm gonna have to stop it right there. Tune in and um, catch my listeners. This was a very interesting conversation that I wanted to tune in and I wanted to let you guys have a listening to. For all my singles, all my guys who've been in um, long relationships, for you new to relationships, but for you that are in relationships and single but also searching for a significant other, I feel that this could be a great conversation for you to listen to, to kind of give you some good tips but also it was a great conversation to listen to when you can see the outlook of how the perception of a lot of females is given when it comes to what they want in a man and the value that they put that a man should bring to the table versus the value that they bring so this was a very interesting conversation once again that i just wanted to share with my listeners i am keandre ceo of our side only marketing agency i will have a great day you will have a great day thank you